Bitcoin, or any other cryptocurrency. That's the sound of the money truck backing up to your front door, Hoss. Nobody's going to put money into a crazy scheme like that. Okay, here comes the catch. This has to cost a lot of money. Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency. Bye, bye, bye! Yes, the money is good. We don't have that much time left. Let's talk rocket ships. First, Bitcoin. Three, two, one. This is Crypto Karma with the sensei of cryptocurrency, Nick Green. Welcome to Crypto Karma. This is Nick Green, and I'd like to welcome all my Bitcoiners. I hope everybody out there has diamond hands and is joining these market fluctuations because that's what makes crypto moving at the speed of crypto. Remember, you got to strike hard, strike fast, keep those diamond hands. So a lot has been going on. You know, we could talk about the prices and we're going to touch on that real quick, but they have moved a lot. This is the week of May 25th. And if you're paying attention, the last week has been the week of chaos. So right now, a little bit, Bitcoin is $38,000 today. Ethereum, $26.69. Tether is still a dollar. Cardano is a buck 50. Dogecoin at 34 cents. So compared to recent discoveries, Dogecoin is down by about 50%. Ethereum, last time we talked, was breaking a $4,000 high. Um, in fact, Cardano was on its way to $2 and Chainlink was pushing 60 bucks. Today it's $26. So we've had one winner throughout the week and that's Matic on the Polygon network. Today it's $1.79, but what's even more important is what happened during this recent crash. Well, the good news with Matic, it came all the way down to 88 cents or 79 cents, I think. And if you're a trader, you had your stop losses and there was mass liquidation going on across the market on a global scale. $1 trillion exited the cryptocurrency market cap. Now, the speculation is that people were taking profits. There were all-time highs across the boards, and there's nothing wrong with taking profits. It's extremely healthy because when things do go down, you want to be protected. So that was definitely a big reason of what happened. The other thing is good old Elon Musk. Somebody needs to take this guy's Twitter away. He keeps talking, and we're tired of listening. What he's saying now is last week he came out to go ahead and tell people that Bitcoin is not renewable. And we had that talk in terms of energy, but he just can't stop there. He keeps going and he decides to even talk more about the future of Dogecoin, which is really good for those people in the long run. But the market didn't crash because of that. It basically was people taking profits. And when there's dips, what happens is that there's a lot of liquidation. People have stop losses set and they lose their positions pretty easily. And then there's a lot of fear. People who have not been in this market a long time really don't know what's happening or they're not familiar with waves and cycles or the fact that this is our fourth one. You know, there's a lot of room and there's a lot of patterns and a lot of history that say everything's going to be okay. What they don't say is that Elon Musk is going to tweet and manipulate the market. So let me go off with a couple of his most recent tweets. If you'd like to help develop Doge, please submit ideas on GitHub and Reddit. All right, he's being very serious about supporting the Dogecoin community. Before that, he goes on to say, I spoke with North American Bitcoin miners. They committed to publish current and planned renewable usage and to ask miners to do so, potentially promising. Okay, that is definitely a bit of a uh, turnaround to show that he goes from bearish on renewable energy for Bitcoin to now he's actually meeting with miners. So that was a day ago to help recover the price. But last week what happened is that he said Bitcoin is 
you know, too bad for the economy, keeping on the balance books, not going to sell it, but that we need a carbon tax, that Tesla suspended using Bitcoin, just too much drama out there going on with it. It's really difficult. You have all this FUD, even coming from China. Now, FUD is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And this is what really gets over your emotions. So the other big factor that played into the markets going down was China. China came out and said that they are going to ban their citizens from being able to purchase or trade cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin. And China, of course, is one of the largest markets in the world for cryptocurrency and one of the largest miners in the world. So when that announcement was made, a lot of people didn't know what the ramifications would be of that. And they panic and they panic sold. What a lot of people don't remember is this is not the first time that China has banned Bitcoin. It literally not the first time. There are two other instances where they even said the government will continue to buy Bitcoin, but not their citizens. I couldn't make this stuff up, folks. So China really caused a whole lot of problems. And what I really believe is that they kind of... Uh, uh, had a lot to do with this and bought the dip. I really believe that. And it's because these governments do it all the time. There's a ton of governments that have their hand in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, and they understand the future is digital. You could just look up the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, has hired the CTO and Brad Garlinghouse from Ripple to use RippleNet blockchain to lend money to third world countries and monitor it on the blockchain platform and to have their own digital currency. So all of this is in line with what the world is doing. It's all in line with the macro uh, economics. But Here's what happened from the price point. We were above $60,000. $60,000 in Bitcoin dropped all the way down below $32,000. So if it were to drop, if it were to go below 30, we'd be in a lot of trouble. We would be entering bear market territory. In the meantime, this is just another wave crashing on the beach of cryptocurrency. We have many more waves to come. On average, uh, alt season, a good cycle, a good bull market, which could last, you know, eight to 16 months. We're only about five months into this one. Well, there's four or five good dips. We're talking 40% sell-offs or more. This is our second one, I believe, in this cycle, our second dip. Alts drop between 40 and 80% in a matter of two to three days. They have all recovered over 50% across the board. And our favorite, Matic, has already cleared 150% from its previous all-time low just this past weekend. So there's a lot of hope in recovery. But my point is, don't be scared. Don't be worried. This is normal for crypto. It is not normal for the rest of the world, but we're used to this. I don't stay up at night checking my phone every five minutes to see what's going to happen. You could just sit back, wait a week and be okay. Or you could try to play the trends. I try to do that. And, you know, my stop losses were hit, which is great. I liquidated, waited a day, and then I bought lower, bought 30% lower. And that means I basically increased my portfolio holdings by about 30% on coins I already had by selling and buying lower. It's risky. Sometimes I lose, sometimes everybody loses, but that's the part of trading. If you wanna play it safe, just hold half your portfolio and trade the other half or trade less. Trading makes you compounded interest. Holding is safe. Holding is gonna let you ride the wave and come out on the other end of it. So let's talk a little bit about China. Here, according to Coindesk, China is trying to rein in cryptocurrency activities even as the country has embraced the technology underlying Bitcoin and has plans to roll out its own digital yuan that will be controlled by its central bank. Okay, do you hear that? Chinese central bank is going to control their own digital money using blockchain technology. Beijing also wants to shut down cryptocurrency mining activities, which 
A lot takes place in China, and also by Chinese citizens in other countries. So China says they want to cut down or shut down mining because they consume massive amounts of electricity, often from coal-fired power plants, while the country pledged to manage its carbon emissions. Well, that's hilarious. China is a big lie. You cannot even go outside three days a week in Shanghai. I've been there. It's disgusting. You can't see a hundred yards. Certain cars are only allowed to drive certain days. They have more emissions from their cars than small countries have from coal stacks. So this has really become a big political trend, fueling the the climate warming, carbon emissions, the carbon tax. It really gets down to money and charging a tax on carbon emissions of big companies and big corporations. However, the world needs CO2. They don't need dirty CO2. So are these carbon emissions really the big worry? Well, I'm not an environmentalist. It's not for me to say. But what I can tell you is this is all smelling like BS. Really, kind of smelly, unethical behavior. At the end of the day, Beijing is saying that they want to all of a sudden stop mining Bitcoin because it's going to contribute to carbon emissions in a dirty country and a dirty air that they already have. But they're not doing any other precautions of the rest of their coal-driven industry. That seems very, very. Very hypocritical. So basically, there's a little bit of, of course, backlash. But even on this recent Sunday, Hubi, a major cryptocurrency exchange, said it will stop selling mining machines and related services to new users in mainland China, in order to try to go along with. Chinese narrative and what they want. They will also suspend futures contracts, exchange traded products, and leverage investment products to new users in a few countries and regions. They are acquiescing to China because China has a big stake in Bitcoin mining, and this big move dropped the market. It was a really big drop. And so, even though there's no fraud with cryptocurrency, there's no risk, there's no money laundering. You could trace it all. Now, since all of those theories have been debunked, what is true is this is a threat to the global centralized banking system. It's a threat to your local banking system. And what they are now saying is that it is a threat to the carbon emission industry. And the environment. So there's a lot of politics now going into it. You know, the good news is that it has the attention of everybody in the world. Bitcoin's here to stay. All cryptocurrency is here to stay. And before you know it, our kids are only going to be using digital money. They won't even know what a dollar is, let alone a penny. Or maybe they know, and it's kind of like in a museum. That's literally the way fiat's going. It's going to be old, and most fiat has a cycle lifespan of about 400 years. Well, we are past that. So it was inevitable for our fiat to die. The replacement nobody could have called, but it is Bitcoin. It is cryptocurrency. How it will be used and what matter, from DeFi networks to lending,、uh, to staking and interest and you name it, every type of economic activity, it's all being tested out right now. So you're in the right space and you're in the right area to make money, but it is going to be a rocky road to get there. Cracking down on Chinese Bitcoin miners will not affect the supply of Bitcoin, as cracking down on miners, say metals, might affect the supply and thus the price of gold or silver.、And、that's because. The Bitcoin algorithm releases new Bitcoins to miners at a predetermined rate. So, regardless of how many miners are competing for them, the results are going to end up being the same. So, we could even cut China out of this whole equation. Yeah, there will be a shock to the market, little crash, and guess what? It'll restabilize because we don't need China. We really don't. We have miners in Iceland,、uh, America, all over the world. Even Russia is in on this. So, we don't need them, but they are such a big economy that they still influence what happens. And the rest of the world, cryptocurrency exchanges that operate offshore can be accessed by people in China using a VPN. We've talked about that before. It's kind of shady, but that's what they force us to do. 
This will help them bypass the country's internet restrictions. I can tell you that China has pretty strict internet uh, monitoring, and it's not as easy as just plugging in a VPN as people want you to think. But at the end of the day, the Chinese people who want to trade and buy Bitcoin, they will find a way. It happened in India. They banned it. It was unsuccessful. The Chinese are pretty smart when it comes to this, too. Some of the exchanges have been facilitating Bitcoin and other digital currency trades with China's domestic currency, the yuan. Whether that'll stay, I don't know. But transactions typically take place over the counter in what's known as a peer-to-peer -peer market. So they have proved challenging for Chinese regulators because banks and payment companies cannot track or curb. They are not directly involved in these tr fund transfers. They're peer-to-peer payments. So these payments are literally person to person on the blockchain and using cryptocurrency. And this is every day in China. So in essence, a person who wants to buy Bitcoin using yuan can be matched with another individual looking to sell digital currency and receive the yuan. The buyer then sends yuan directly to the seller using a mobile app, just like everybody else, or online as a bank transfer. And the seller authorizes the exchange to release payment. Records on multiple cryptocurrency platforms Last week showed hundreds of people eager to buy and sell, including Bitcoin, Tether, Dogecoin, and others on Yon Wan, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, dominated accounts. So basically, this is not going to stop the Chinese people. What's going to happen is they will find a way and it's going to work out. Uh, there's not a whole lot more really to say other than that. There's a lot of Bitcoin natives and believers in China. They have helped been a big surging part of this market's growth, and they're not going to stop. They're very technologically savvy. There's a lot of blockchain and cryptocurrency developers out of China, one of them very well known, Justin Sun, who invented Tron. And he has the Tron network, and he actually, I believe, created WeChat and has been a big force in the cryptocurrency evolution. The kid's a billionaire, he's 30-something, worth a ton of money, and the Tron network has facilitated BitTorrent, Wink, online gambling systems using the blockchain network to guess what? Prevent fraud and gambling. You could actually gamble knowing that it's fair. It's not breed determined. It's not something that's manipulated. It's literally a fair concept on the Wink gaming platform. So Justin's son, a native Chinese who won a $5 million lunch with Warren Buffett, but had to back out of it because the Chinese government told him it would not be a good idea to meet with Warren Buffett to encourage the use of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. There's a lot going on. China's very strange, but they're always going to have a hand in this market, and we definitely need to have their players. It's quite important that these people stay a part of the game and that we find a way to work with China, or I should say they find a way to work with us. They're not going away. It's not going away. And this only proves that the threat is real. Bitcoin is real. Blockchain is real. And it literally is the future. So some of you have noticed that Michael Saylor has definitely been pretty boisterous in his conversations. On Twitter, he's the one who showed Tesla and Elon Musk how to purchase billions of dollars of Bitcoin, a little bit under the radar, and how to put on their balance sheets. So who's Michael Saylor? Well, he's the chairman and CEO of MicroStrategy. His company owns 91,579 Bitcoins up until this weekend where he purchased another, I believe it was 90 million during the dip. So when Bitcoin crashed to $34,000, Michael Saylor was very, very quick to post that he bought more and bought the dip. So he is a big advocate for Bitcoin 
and cryptocurrencies. Michael Saylor, as the chairman of MicroStrategy, is a publicly traded business intelligence firm that he founded in 1989. He was the creator and founder of Alarm.com. Some of you might still use that today, one of the first automation and security companies in America, and Angel.com, which he sold for $110 million back in 2013. He is an inventor and owner of over 40 registered patents. He's credited as the inventor of relational analytics. He led MicroStrategy into the field of web analytics, distributed analytics, mobile analytics, cloud computing, mobile identity, and the internet of things. So he is really, really big into the internet and blockchain technology. He even authored a book, The Mobile Wave, How Mobile Intelligence Will Change Everything. He did this back in 2012. So talk about seeing the future. He definitely knew it was going to be going on. His book anticipated the impact of mobile, cloud, and social networks on worldwide political and economic development. Along with the rise of Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google, Michael Saylor founded and serves as trustee of the Saylor Academy, a nonprofit organization that provides free education to over 800,000 students. As a big advocate for Bitcoin and the Bitcoin standard, his company owns 91,000. But that number's moved up, as I'll share with you in just a moment. So Michael Saylor, which I think everybody should really keep an eye on, uh, is pretty big in this space. So we, I gave you his resume. This guy's a genius. He sees the future. If you're going to trust your money with anybody or decisions, it's going to be Michael Saylor. He has proven to be successful for the better part of his life that I know about. Here's something he tweeted out just yesterday. Yesterday, I was pleased to host a meeting between Elon Musk and the leading Bitcoin miners in North America. The miners have agreed to form the Bitcoin Mining Council to promote energy usage, transparency, and accelerate sustainability initiatives worldwide. So what's great is that Michael Saylor is really pushing to say, okay, Elon and the uh, everybody, government, you name it, you guys... The EPA have a problem with Bitcoin. Guess what? We're going to fix it. So he's proactive and he has the money and resources and vision to fix these problems. What we don't like is closed doors meetings with Bitcoin Mining Council because things that happen in this world fluctuate the price and will influence the market, helping us or hurting us one way or the other. In the long run, it's going to help. In the short term, well, it's still a bit of a gamble. So it's really interesting, but he's very, very uh, quick to be honest. And he's very quick to support Bitcoin. What's funny is that Ray Dalio is somebody, he's a big investor, some of you may know, who came out outspoken saying Bitcoin was a bubble back in 2017. He actually discouraged a lot of investors and hedge funds from investing in Bitcoin. Well, guess what he said yesterday? Personally, I'd rather have Bitcoin than a bond. Well, welcome to the team, Ray Dalio. The Bitcoiners welcome you and you're a little bit behind. Hi, this is nothing new. We have something else that's new. Jamie Dillon. If you guys remember back in 2018, he said that Bitcoin was a Ponzi scheme or a bubble, and he felt bad for his daughter who bought some and that they were not going to take it seriously. The next day, Bitcoin dropped about 30% because he was a pretty big force in economics. Guess what happened? They ended up buying over $30 million worth of Bitcoin on the dip. So these people don't have your best interests at heart. You still got to think about banks. They care about themselves. Now, everyone's starting to turn around. Bitcoin is now considered an investable asset. This is coming from Matthew McDermott, Goldman Sachs, global head of digital assets. It's not that often that we get to witness the emergence of a new asset class. Big, big turnaround. So this is really good news. And what I'm trying to tell you is don't panic and don't worry. If you're in a couple of trading groups, maybe if you're smart enough as you keep an eye on the market to play these dips, buy, sell, trade, and take advantage of everybody else's fear and uncertainty, well, that's okay. A lot of people are making money. At the same time, it's sometimes best 
simply to just hold on to this. Don't try to trade it because you could lose. Hundreds of millions of dollars got liquidated and it's mostly from inexperienced traders. Transactions show the majority of Bitcoin sold during the crash was purchased by longtime wallets of people who've owned Bitcoin for a long time. So that means the people who've been in this game like me, who've seen a lot of dips and crashes, well, we bought more. We know that's a good price. We know where it's going. And new people, they sold. They literally sold. They were scared. And then they wait for what's going on in the market. And guess what? It goes right back up. And when it goes right back up, you're paying more money for the same Bitcoin because one Bitcoin is the price of one Bitcoin. That'll never change. So going back to Michael Saylor, just on the 18th of this month, he stated that MicroStrategy purchased an additional 229 Bitcoins, $10 million cash at an average price of $43,600 per Bitcoin. As of 518, we hodled 92,079 Bitcoins required for $2.25 billion at an average price of $24,000 per Bitcoin. That means they have been buying Bitcoin since as low as about ten dollars or $12,000 to equal this average because he already announced that he has purchased Bitcoin back when it was above $50,000. So he has been trading the top and the bottom. That should give a lot of people confidence. An additional $10 million in Bitcoin during a crash says that he believes in the long run. And I really think that you should too. This goes beyond the Bitcoin pizza. This goes beyond making a couple dollars in the short term. This goes on to the future of cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, and the money that we invest in. Our money's changing right in front of us. The fiat's changing and it's not gonna be the same well, when our kids start using it, like I said, they're not going to be carrying around a dollar anymore. Think about it now. How many of you carry around a lot of cash in your wallet? Well, you don't. You use Apple Pay, you use your Starbucks app, Venmo, Cash App, credit cards. Everything's digital these days. 80% of American fiat out there is digital, all these transactions. So this is not new. This is just the evolution of something that was inevitable to happen. So now is the time to not be weak, as the Dogecoiners like to say, have diamond hands hold on through this and buy the dip. And I couldn't agree more. If you're serious about the long run and making money, buy the dip. Don't be afraid of Dogecoin being a meme coin with a dog. As silly as it is, Elon Musk, one of the wealthiest men in the world, is investing in its development to make it the currency of the people and promises to bring it not just to the moon, but to Mars. Who does that? Pretty ridiculous, but to be a part of this emerging market and evolution of money and currency as we know it is the historic part about all of this. When we're older, we'll be able to look back and say, we were there, we helped do this. We helped it grow and we helped create a sustainable future for our children and monetize off the emerging market of digital currencies. Some of us are gonna be able to say, we bought a house, we bought a car, we paid our kids, college, but millionaires are being made every day. And I really hope that you take advantage and become one too. There's still gems. The cycle has at least two to three more dips, which means it has plenty of way to go to make us money. Telcoin, Matic, Chainlink, Ethereum, these guys are your friends. They're going to line your pocketbooks. And that's the direction I want to see everybody go into. So do your research because this isn't financial advice. This is life advice. And enjoy that with Crypto Karma. Well, the world of Bitcoin will always be fun and interesting, and there's always going to be some cool story. Sometimes it's cool for us, and sometimes it's just bad for somebody, but we'll enjoy it one way or the other. So I like to give the price of the Bitcoin pizza, and the reason why is because it's the first transaction using only Bitcoin. So I like to say, hey, this all started with a pizza many years ago. Pizza, pizza. So what's cool is 
the guy who did do the first pizza finally got in the news as Bitcoin is, of course, in the news as it should be every day. What's funny is I like to tell people about this and remind you that 10,000 Bitcoin many years ago has turned into $365 million, or based on the price of Bitcoin, it goes up and down. So I could tell you, I don't regret any of the cryptocurrency I bought. I only regret what I sold. I sold Dogecoin years ago. I sold Bitcoin when it was seven, $8,000 for short-term profits and didn't see the long haul. Well, this guy, he really screwed up more than the rest of us. Here's the story. So according to the New York Post, May 2010, California student, Jeremy Sturdivant, then 19 years old, noticed a bizarre request on a cryptocurrency internet forum. I believe it was Reddit. He saw that he could receive 10,000 Bitcoins, and at the time, that was $41, in exchange for delivery of two large pizzas to Florida resident Laszlo Hynek. Jeremy filled the order, sending him two large pizzas, Cheese and Supreme from Papa John's, a transaction that would become the first physical purchase made with Bitcoin in history, marked by the annual Bitcoin Pizza Day on May 22nd that we all celebrate. But he did not save the Bitcoins for the future. Instead, he spent every single one of them on traveling. He finally, after being tracked down, admits what happened. The 10,000 Bitcoins that he sold to travel today would be worth 365 million, which is a constantly fluctuating number, but no matter what, it's not gonna go under $100 million again. He says, I had no idea how huge it would become. And that despite losing out on boundless riches, the now 30 year old said he is proud to have played a part in the global phenomenon. I'm sure he's glad. That's all he has to contribute now. And we should all be sending him a little bit of Bitcoin and thanking him for what he started, bringing attention to it, but we know that's not going to happen. So May 22nd is Bitcoin Pizza Day, and that transaction of 10,000 Bitcoins for $41 worth of Papa John's pizza will forever go down in Bitcoin history. The tale is now the stuff of Bitcoin legend. In his May 18th, 2010 BitcoinTalk.org post, the forum contributor made the request, including his references, saying, I like onions, peppers, sausage, mushrooms, etc. for his pizza. Standard stuff. I thought it'd be weird. Little did they know where it would go. And so nobody knew at that time what would happen or the value of Bitcoin. So the lesson here is hodl. Hold on for dear life and don't sell that Bitcoin. Short-term riches may compromise long-term wealth. Remember that. It's best to hold and save for the future and accumulate and be strong. Buy when others are selling. Be greedy when others are fearful. And don't believe the FUD. The FUD is just noise. You have to make your best decisions that are gonna help you and not worry about everybody else's opinions. If we did, we'd probably all sell our Bitcoin for pizza or to travel or something silly, and then all of us would look back and regret not having hundreds of millions of dollars as many people do. So it's kind of fun. Before you know it, the way this market is moving, I think just in a year or two, almost everybody, especially Papa John's, is gonna be accepting Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies for pizza, and it'll be some type of a holiday. That's my gamble. That's what I think. Not that I'm betting on it, but if there was a way to bet on that, I would. I think within one and two years, it's gonna be National Bitcoin Pizza Day, and it's gonna be paid for in cryptocurrency. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it. And I really hope that you guys enjoyed your pizza, holding onto that Bitcoin and taking advantage of everything best as possible. That's what we want is to see everybody succeed. So remember crypto karma. When you're good to crypto, crypto is good to you. Take advantage, be good to other people and be good to yourself. Find me Nick 
at jwhfinance.com or cryptokarma19 at gmail.com. And this is Nick Green with Crypto Karma reminding you that this show is for educational purposes only. This is not investment or financial advice. There's no better endorsement than when a customer gives your business a five-star review. At JWH Finance, they've been helping people afford the home of their dreams for years because their philosophy is simple. Do business with efficiency, integrity, and honesty. That's why they always get stellar reviews. No lender fees on VA loans and home loans up to two million online at jwhfinance.com email nick at jwhfinance.com or call nick green at 866-895-0571 nmls 1433-621 explore the cryptocurrency universe with nick green on crypto karma learn about bitcoin and blockchain ethereum dogecoin and more buy and sell and trade and learn how to make some serious money with digital currency and hear the podcast on Podbean.